0: Certainly a great blessing we enjoy once again today to be able to be together. I want to study with you for a little while this morning about what the Bible has to say about sleep. I was awake one night about 2 o'clock and wondering why. And this is not about insomnia. We'll talk about that a little bit. But I know people have different sleep habits. Some people go to sleep and they sleep all night and wake up refreshed. And then there's some of us that seems like that rarely happens far. And we're all different in that regard. But as we look at what the Bible has to say about this subject, I think and I hope that we'll all find some things that are helpful and useful. Here in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. The Apostle Paul is talking to these folks at Corinth, and he's talking to them about those that have been trying to convince them that Paul had no authority and that he didn't know what he was talking about. And as he's talking to them about this subject, he goes through a long list of things here that has afflicted him and that he has faced in his life, and in his service to God that had challenged his ability to do that. And as he goes through that list. He comes across here in verse 27, and he says, "...in weariness, and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness." So if you've ever suffered any of those things... We have that in common with the Apostle Paul. And the point is is that we can overcome. We can overcome these things and still serve God, and be pleasing to God, and glorify God, and be thankful to God. You know, and he covers the three things in this one verse that are necessary physically for us to function. We've got to have sleep. We got to have food and we got to have water. And all of those things affect us physically, and what affects us physically ultimately will affect us spiritually. In Hebrews chapter 12, so we think about this idea of, of being tired because Paul said he had suffered weariness. And there's dangers to that. We don't thrive at our highest level when we're tired. Hebrews 12, verse 1, the Bible says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, and the sin which so easily besets us or ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame, and they sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider Him, He says, who endeared, endured such hostility from sinners against Himself. Why? Why do we need to consider Him? So we don't get tired lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. When we're tired and weary and exhausted physically, it, ex- it affects us spiritually. And we need to recognize that and understand that and understand that dynamic. So that we can properly fight. And what's he talking about here? This whole thing is about a race, he says. And whether we want to describe the Christian life as a race or as a battle, it takes energy and focus. And we got to stay focused so that we can endure. Psalms 31 and verse 9, the Bible says, Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. Ever felt that way? My eyes, my eye wastes away with grief. Yes, my soul and my body. Galatians 6, 9 and 10, Let us not grow weary while doing good, He says. For in due season, remember the writer of Hebrews said, Jesus, because of the joy that was in front of Him, in due season, when the time is right, He says, we shall reap. We'll get our reward. We'll get heaven if we don't get tired and quit. Do not lose heart, He says. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. If you ever had an opportunity You ever had an opportunity to do something for somebody? It just said, I'm too tired. Happens to me all the time. Therefore, he says, as we have opportunity, do good. There is danger and weariness. We are made up, each one of us, of soul, body, and a spirit. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23, Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We all have a soul, we all have a spirit, And we all have a body. Now the body, our physical body, is made up of obviously the physical, the mental, and the emotional. We all have those components that make up our physical bodies. And folks, this is all hooked up together. Body, soul, and spirit, it's all intertwined. It's all hooked together. And when the spirit suffers, so does the body. When the body suffers, so does the spirit. And we can't abuse or neglect our body and thrive spiritually. Spiritually. You can't. You can do it for a little while, but you reap what you sow. You cannot abuse and neglect your spirit and thrive physically. You can for a little while, but you reap what you sow. Psalms 38 in verse 3, David says, There is no soundness in my flesh because of your anger, nor any health in my bones because of my sin. So, as we think about that idea today, and in the context specifically of sleep, the Bible talks about sleep in three different ways. There's a lot of information about physical sleep, and what it does for us, and what happens to us when we don't have enough. There's a lot of information about how ultimately death is rest, it's sleep. And finally, we want to look at how dangerous spiritual sleep is. Mark 6 in verse 31, Jesus says, And He said to them, Come aside by yourselves to the deserted place and rest a while. Now I know we live in a culture in a time when People are consumed with leisure. And I know that's, that's a different challenge. To take it to, the, to that extreme, that, that, that's no good either. But Jesus does identify something here. And what He identifies is the necessity of rest for the body. We have to have rest. Rest. As I said earlier, we want to thrive spiritually, this body has to have some rest. In Isaiah 14 in verse 3, the Bible says, "...it shall come to pass in the day the Lord gives you rest from your sorrow and from your fear, and the hard bondage in which you were made to serve." Jeremy talked last Sunday about fear and what it what it does to us and what a negative emotion that can be. It wears us out. wears us down. And he says here, he talks about grief and fear and bondage. And he says, The Lord will give you rest. Proverbs 3, we find this, My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. Worthy goals. We want to be wise and discreet, right? So they will be life to your soul. Those things are important. They're going to help our spirit, our soul thrive. Wisdom and discretion. Okay? Then you will walk safely in your way, and your foot will not stumble. Then notice, and when you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down, and your sleep will be sweet. You folks that when you lie down and you go to sleep, and you sleep all night and wake up refreshed, God bless you. But what I find is that I lie down, and whether it's fear or I, I don't know what it is, but it's hard to turn my brain off. It's hard to turn it off. I can tell you what I think it is. I think it's lack of faith. That's what I think it is. But I have a hard time turning that brain off. And we've got to learn how to do that so that we can lie down and have sweet sleep. And I don't want to imply that that never happens. I I get enough sleep. But my point is, is if we're not careful, we let things of this life consume our thinking to the point that we can't turn our brain off. And if we can't turn it off, how can we focus on God? Do we turn it off when we come here? Or are you still thinking about work, family, problems? I don't know. Whatever's on your brain. I hope to learn to be able to do that better. And I think Scripture gives us what we need to accomplish that. We need to take care of our responsibilities, folks. But going over and over and over and over them again in your mind is not going to solve the problem. Turning it over to God will. Ecclesiastes 5 and verse 12, The sleep of a laboring man is sweet. Okay? So when it's time to get up and go to work, get up and go to work and do what you can do. That is what you can do. But going over it and over it and over it again in your mind is not doing. The sleep of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eats little or much. But the abundance of the rich will not permit him to sleep. That's another thing I have to be honest about. I didn't struggle when I was young and didn't have nothing. Hmm. Daniel 4 and verse 5, I saw a dream which made me afraid. And the thoughts on my be- bed and the visions of my head troubled me. <laughs> oh, man, it's just a dream, right? It's just a dream. Now, I don't have this problem but once or twice a year, but I know other people have vivid, vivid dreams all the time. And I know... And I tell myself, when I have one of those that troubles me all day, it's just a dream. And yet, sometimes they're hard to overcome. And that can be a challenge. Again, I know the solution. The solution is to turn it over to the Lord. I can't fix whatever was in that dream anyway. And yet it's a real, it's real, a real challenge. Job 7, verse 4 and 5, When I lie down, I say, When shall I rise and the night be ended? For I have had my fill of tossing till dawn. Now we know what was going on with Job, right? Right? I mean, he had every problem that you could imagine to a really high degree. I mean, he was a, his flesh clearly was afflicted. And he had all of these emotional, mental, spiritual, all of this turmoil going on, right? And he couldn't sleep. And he dreaded laying down, and he dreaded waking up. Psalms 3, I lay down and slept. I awoke for the Lord sustained me. These challenges are real. And the solution is to look to the Lord. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people, David says. I won't be afraid. Matthew eight twenty four. We remember the story. Mark Parkhurst covered it extensively in his meeting. This is the occasion when Jesus said, We're going to the other side. And then he went and got in the boat and went to sleep. Now, that's profound to me for multiple reasons. The things often that we're afraid of is what keeps us awake. And what Jesus did, said, we're going over there, and then He went and went to to sleep. Can we do that? Can we let God take care of the things that He's promised to take care of? And get some sleep? I hope we can. And then, sometimes we go to sleep at the wrong time. And that's what happened here in Acts 20. I, I don't want you to go to sleep during my sermon about sleep. But I don't want you to go to sleep anytime time when somebody's preaching because of what you will miss. But that's what happened here. Can you imagine going to sleep when the Apostle Paul's preaching? I understand why you might sleep when I'm preaching. But the Apostle Paul? So you have to wonder if this young man... Didn't sleep the night before? I, mean, I don't know. It, we don't have that information, do we? We need to figure this deal out and get enough rest that we don't miss important things. Okay. Okay. So death is described in Scripture as sleep or rest. Here in 1 Kings 2, when David died, the Bible says that he rested with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. Now in the past, when I've thought about this, I've always thought about how certainly in death, You don't get tired. Your body is not doing anything. It's corrupting, right? But it's bigger than that. This rest he's talking about, it's bigger than physical rest. It's the mental and emotional and spiritual rest that we need and that we need to look forward to. We shouldn't dread or fear death. For the faithful, it's rest. Luke 16 and verse 25, But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and you are tormented. Now he's talking to the rich man here. And the rich man is in torment. He's clearly not resting. This promise of rest is for the faithful. But we see here in this scene how that works. You know, and there's not any one of us here that have crossed over and know what death is. We haven't experienced that. But what Jesus does here in Luke 16 is He pulls that door open and gives us a glimpse. We get to look over there and see what's over there. And that's it important that we do that from time to time because we're going to die. Unless the Lord returns, every single one of us is going to die. And we need to look through that door that Jesus opens for us here. I'm looking forward to some rest. I'm tired of the fight, I'm tired of the daily fight that I have with temptation and with Satan. I'm tired. I'm looking forward to it. But we've got to be in the Lord. John 11, 11-13, These things He said, and after that He said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps. But I go, that I may wake him up." Then his disciples said, "'Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well.'" However, Jesus spake of His death, but they thought that He was speaking about taking rest and sleep. You know, and they identify something here that that we know to be true. It's one of the problems with having insomnia when you're struggling with health issues. You need sleep so your body can heal and get well. And it just seems so counterproductive when that's going on. Because that's true. What they say is true. When we sleep, it's when our body recovers, it's when we get well. That's why I never have understood when you're in the hospital, it seems like one of their primary goals is to come in every few minutes and wake you up. We need to sleep so we can get well. That same principle's is in true and death. when we're going to get well we're not going to have all this fight with our health and with Satan and everything else we're fighting with that's when we're going to be well First Corinthians 15 and verse 20 but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep Obviously, here in 1 Corinthians 15, he's talking about the resurrection. And as he does that, he describes what happened with Jesus being brought forth from the grave as being the first time this has happened for those that were asleep. Right? 1 Thessalonians 4 and 14, "...for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again... Even so, God will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus. That sounds pretty good to me, folks. I don't have a death wish, but I don't want to dread it. And we shouldn't dread it. Verse, or Hebrews 4, verse 9, Therefore remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered in his rest has himself also ceased from his works, as God did from His. <coughs> Let us therefore be diligent to enter into that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. We're going to miss it, if we disobey, we're going to miss it. We're going to be over oh, there, that rich man, in torment. God forbid. But it's in our hands. We know what we should do. We know what the truth is. Revelations fourteen thirteen. Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. From now on, he says. We can die in the Lord. And it's a blessing. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works follow them. And we know the Bible says, after death comes the judgment. We get to rest. We get to sleep, if you will. till it's time for judgment. And then it's at judgment when we'll hear those blessed words. Enter in. Enter in. To the joys of heaven. Matthew 11, verse 28, Come to Me, all you labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, I wanted to put this in here, because we don't have to wait till we die to get some rest. We don't. We can have rest now. It won't be like that. But we can rest in our confidence in knowing that Jesus... Is going to provide it. And that God's going to keep His promises and that He's going to do the things that He has said He would do. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly and hard, He says, and you will find rest for your souls. When our soul is at ease, much easier to have a mind to turn that you can turn off and rest sleep will come better for my yoke is easy and my burden is light so we need physical sleep but to be asleep spiritually Is very, very dangerous. Romans 13, the Bible says in verse 11, and do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to wake up. Wake up. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. It don't matter today where you are in your walk with God. Your salvation's getting closer; it's closer than it was. He says. So he's not talking to people that are lost. He's talking to Christians that need to wake up. The night is far spent; the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. So that's what He says to wake up to. You have an opportunity here to cast off the works of darkness and put on this armor of light. So we all have that opportunity today. And He's calling us to wake up to that opportunity. It's high time. It's high time to do something different, folks. Proverbs 19 and verse 15, Laziness casts one into a deep sleep, and an idle person will suffer hunger. Now, I want to make a spiritual application of this to what we just read in Romans 13. Now, I know he's he's talking here about the physical, but there's a spiritual application. Are you lazy spiritually? Are you satisfied? Are you, are you telling yourself, "I'm doing all right here"? A couple of. Sunday's back. I don't know how long it's been, but Luke Miller spoke. And I I couldn't even tell you the title of his sermon. But he said, I want everybody here to make a list. And I want you to list your sin challenge, or some words to that effect. I'm curious. For those that were here and heard Him put that challenge in front of us, did you do that? Did you do that? I know He he gave us an out. He said, you don't have to write it down. You can do it mentally. I would suggest to you it would be better if you wrote it down. Are you too lazy to do that? Are you too proud to do that? And I'll just tell you I mean, I, I'm not going to show you my list, but I'll just tell you pride's at the top of mine. I ought to fix that, shouldn't I? Are we too lazy? Mark 13, 35, watch therefore, He says, For you do not know when the Master of the house is coming. We know Jesus is coming, right? You know that. You know He's coming. But we don't know when. We don't know if it's in the evening, at midnight, the crowing of the rooster. You know, there's nothing more heartbreaking in this life than for a young person to die. But it happens, doesn't it? We don't know! We don't know when it's going to happen. But He goes through all that, He says, lest coming suddenly He find you sleeping. And what I say to you and I say to all, watch. It's the same message we read in Romans 13. He's slapping us, saying, Wake up! Matthew 13, another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept. Now we've already noted that sleeping's essential, right? Not spiritual sleep. But he says, While men slept, his enemy came. And what did he do? He sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. Now I have a real straightforward, simple point here. The devil never sleeps. And so he's waiting for us to be asleep, and that's when he's going to plant the weeds. And then he'll just go on his merry way, and guess what? You've got to deal with the weeds. Can we make the proper spiritual application here? Can we understand that when we go to sleep spiritually, we're just opening the door to the devil? And saying, come on in, come on in. Isaiah 56 and verse 10, His watchmen are blind... So he's talking about watchmen here, and he uses a metaphor of a dog. He says, They are all ignorant, they are all dumb dogs. Dogs that can't speak. Why? These watchmen are supposed to sound the warning, they're supposed to be paying attention to what's going on here. They're guarding the wall, they're guarding the gates, they're guarding the door but they're asleep. Parents? Can we make an application here? Are you going to sound the warning? The devil wants your kids. Don't be asleep. You know, I've found, in, as I've had some struggles with this older parenting thing, didn't realize how much energy that took. But when you're older and you're needing more sleep, and you've got these teenagers that don't need any sleep at all, apparently— I mean, Katie said on the way to church this morning, we hadn't been talking about sleep at all. She just out of the blue said, she didn't know what I was talking about. She just said, I don't ever wake up refreshed. Well, she don't sleep very much. Apparently, she don't need it. And my point is, you've got to stay up with them, Guys. So that's when the devil's going to come, and he's going to plant the seed. And bark! <laughs> don't be a dumb dog. Bark, and don't stop barking. 1 Corinthians eleven thirty. 30, For this reason many are sick, weak and sick among you, and many sleep. He's talking about when they abused the Lord's Supper. and They didn't do it right. They were just making this common feast out of it. And he said the result of that is you're asleep spiritually. Remember that comment I made earlier about how we miss opportunities when we're asleep? Do we sleep through the Lord's Supper? I'm not talking about having sleep apnea and going to sleep. I'm talking about spiritually. Asleep when we partake of these emblems. I hope not. We're going to conclude this morning with 1 Thessalonians 5. Verse 6, he says, Therefore let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober, this is serious business. we got to be awake, we got to be paying attention. For those who sleep, sleep at night, he says, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. That's our study today. Thank you for your attention. We never want to close without offering the Lord's invitation. If you're here today and you have a spiritual need that we can help you with, we want to give you an opportunity to make that known. If you're here today and you need to obey the Gospel, we want to encourage you to do that as well. If, you, if there's one or more of either group, we would ask you to come and have a seat on the front pew as we stand and sing.